Hello, my beautiful people. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Guess what today is? It's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. <laughs> Welcome officially to Loving Through a Broken Heart podcast. I'm Veronica, living with intent to have a beautiful day. Let's get into it. Have you guys ever heard the saying, to live is the rarest thing in the world? Most people exist, that is all. There's so much truth to this statement. And I'm sure you guys have heard it or have similar sayings that come to mind. But you know what, this was me. This was me up until the year of the awakening for me, which was 2021. No, I didn't wake up one morning and say, wow, where did the years go? I didn't have the epiphany. What I did have was a whole lot of moments that I choose to ignore. So while we're exploring those moments, the way my mind works is one subject at a time. So while we're going down the rabbit hole on a couple, I'm going to start with the real change. So I'm sure like most of you, my children are my everything. And the major reason I strive to be better every day. I don't say that to be cliche. I actually say that because I live by it. When I disappoint them, it absolutely kills me. And I'm sure you can relate. So let me introduce them. I have three daughters, Raven's 28, Jenna's 22, and Maya's 20. I also have a bonus son that literally has my heart as if I birthed him myself. He's 23, and his name is DJ. The start of the transition from full-time mom started in 2014. This was my oldest daughter's senior year in high school, and that started the ongoing depression. It progressed it, and really it had me asking, what do I do now? My oldest daughter, Raven, chose to go to college all the way on the other side of the country. She did have a couple opportunities to stay close, but circumstances, maybe her home life, and what she wanted to pursue, she chose to go far away. This was the first inclination that my life as a mom was changing and had me questioning if I had done my job right. When my middle daughter, Jenna, started looking at colleges, it threw me. It threw me into random cry sessions, holding onto the helicopter mom status. I tried to do things differently with her and strategically pick colleges of high caliber to keep her close. And she ended up going just as far. She went to the University of Alabama, whereas Raven went to North Carolina to Shaw University. So, I mean, just as far. <laughs> I didn't have my son full time while he was going to school, but when he did graduate, he wanted to come and live with us. As we know, when they graduate from high school, they tend to think they're grown. So while he was living with us for the summer, I was trying to really mold him and his decisions. Um, but like I said, I was a helicopter mom and I kinda insisted things go a certain way. So I pushed him away and violated a bond that I wish I'd never done. The time of being mom to adults 
was here. And I did not know what that change meant for me. Have you ever been at a crossroad that you just did not want to face? I found myself sad, depressed, some days crying for the littlest reason. It was truly, truly a crazy time for me. And I'm really curious to know if anybody else has experienced this yet or at all. Please email me, comment, because, you know, let me just say, if I would have tapped into my people, my tribe, might have gone smoother. So I'd like to, to do that with you guys. Once the last of the Mohicans was a senior, I was completely and utterly in denial. Oh, wait. I forgot to mention, as with things were getting close to having an emptiness, I had asked my parents to come and move in with me. You know, why not take care of adults and add more to your plate? I mean, that wasn't the only reason, but it was a reason in my head for sure. So Maya's a senior, and I just did not want to let go. I procrastinated everything, grad announcements, senior pictures. And you know what helped it is we were deep into COVID, like deep. She didn't even have a graduation. We ended up doing some makeshift thing and it was crazy. Looking back, I mean, it's quite silly, but nonetheless, I was in a very real depression and, it, and the feeling of what and who am I now? I know these feelings aren't unique to me. Situations may be unique, but I know the feelings aren't. Our identities as women are so often caught up in raising our children or being everything for everyone else, wives, daughters, sisters. I think it's time we change that. I think it's time that we really start focusing on us. I'm just going to leave that last statement as it is because I'm going to use it as a segue into being a wife. As mentioned, in my first episode, I'm newly divorced. I filed in August of 2021. It was finalized in November of 2021. And although I knew at the beginning of the year, I was indeed leaving this unfulfilled situation. It doesn't take away the fact that I was married from February 5th, 1999 to November 1st. 2021. 22 years of marriage. It was dissolved in a 10-minute phone court hearing. To know that everything I'd tried, every time I'd changed to help my marriage, for every counseling session, for every moment I'd tried to be enough, it was canceled in 10 minutes. I was married at 21 and divorced at 44. Now, there are moments that led up to this, of course, mental, physical, emotional abuse for years. Once I started to really research him instead of listening to him blaming me, I found that he was a true narcissist. In that finding, in that research, it gives you the strength and the ability to lead. They never change. Was it hard? Hell yeah, it was. Is it hard? Hell yeah, it is. Let's also add another kicker. 
we all know I'm good for those. <laughs> I owned and operated a multi-million dollar business with my now ex-husband. And in the process of doing all of this, I decided to walk away from it all. The transition from wife and business owner of 22 years to being alone, divorced, lonely, sad. That's a kicker for you. It's like the epitome of a role change for your ass. See, I went in with the intent of spending the rest of your life, spending the rest of my life with someone, and I came out alone. I came out battered, abused. I felt broken, defeated. In those moments, you dig really deep to find a new role. The one statement that will forever stay with me and keeps me from ever going down that road with him because I, I, I do miss him. I'm not going to lie to you. I miss her times together. I miss her roles to each other. I miss all of that. The good times, very few and far between. But this one saying, he told me I cheated on you every year for those 25 years of us being together. So we were together for 25 years. We were married for 22. He said this to me as we were in a heated argument about our divorce. And still in that moment, continued to blame me for his constant cheating. So I, I just want to tell you, if you feel alone in your marriage, just be alone. Leave. And it takes a lot for me to say that because I don't know every situation. But it's true. You can do bad by yourself. Sit in that for a minute. Although I'm hitting some hard stuff, really making you gasp, maybe. That's nothing compared to the biggest, hardest thing I've ever endured in my life. Yes, bigger than divorce, an empty nest. It was the moment that I had to bury my little brother. My brother shot himself on March 20th of 2021 and he died the next day March 21st he was 36 years old 36 not a day goes by that I don't think of him that I don't smile and give him some sort of love and even though I'm late because he's no longer amongst the living with us I still feel I have to tell him how much he means to me. You see, my brother was a recovering alcoholic. And my brother has two beautiful daughters. Not to mention a whole lot of people that loved him more than he loved himself. All of that didn't matter when March 20th came. What floors me, though, is just a few months prior to that, I had been getting word that my brother was talking about suicide. So I booked a flight for me and my mom. We were going to Michigan, where he was, and I was going to create an intervention. I had only heard about these things, and although I didn't know, 
I didn't, I didn't know how, what, where, why. I didn't know any of that thing, but I was going to try. I spent four days of loving on my brother, telling him things would get better, trying to decide on a plan and even more asking him to move back to Phoenix with me. We had dinner, we went shopping, we laughed, we cried. And to be very transparent, I still didn't understand his pain. I just wanted to fix it. And I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening and I wasn't present. I just made him promise me that no matter what, he would contact me every day to ensure he was okay. And no more talk of suicide because we're going to make it through. And he said, you know what, sis? I'll do that. He told me he would and even stated he wouldn't take his life. That he would call me. I held on to that. And I flew home. Still not understanding that I didn't take the time to listen to his pain. And I wasn't fully present with him to make him. Obviously, I don't want to say make him. To have him understand how much he was loved. A few weeks went by and he did call or text. But one day, he called Jenna and said, and I'll never forget. Please tell your mom that I won't be calling anymore. She wants to fix me, and I don't want to be fixed. I went back in October, and he took his life in March. So many emotions, so many whys, so many conversations never to be had again, so many missed opportunities. It took me at least 30 days to digest and sort through and process my emotions that I'd never experienced before. For years, I dealt with abuse. And in those years, you know what I learned? I learned how to harden my heart and show no emotion because people take that as weakness. Now, now, <laughs> I couldn't help but to cry every day. In those days, I started meditating because I just couldn't stop crying. No, I don't mean meditate for 10 minutes and we're all good. I mean, I meditated for hours. I needed to feel close to something. I needed to feel loved. I needed to feel okay. If my mind was not quiet, I was crying. And of course, I'm going to share those things with you. I'm going to share more about those healing processes in later episodes. And I promise to give you all the deets. But let me just tell you, in those quiet moments, I heard my brother's laugh. I seen his face. And all of those questions of why got the clarity. I got the answers. And even though I didn't want to hear them, even though I didn't want to digest them, even though that's, it was hard to realize, 
I did get them, which helped speed up that healing process. In these moments, I knew I had to move forward even in the most uncomfortable situations. I had to find me. I'd lost my self-worth. I had no idea who I was. And let's just be frank, I started losing that woman the day I became a mom in 1994 and never picked up any techniques to cope with one day being alone. I wouldn't change any of these experiences. Well, probably never ever want to lose my brother again, but they all did shape me. In those broken moments, I learned how to forgive, love wholeheartedly, and to love without fail. In order to move forward, I had to forgive. I had to forgive every wrongdoing, like everything. I had to forgive my ex. I had to forgive myself. I had to forgive God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. I had to realize all things were working for me, not to me. I had to shift my entire mindset or else I was going to be a very angry individual, like I had been for many years. So wholeheartedly, the question that I'm asking you is, are you living or are you existing? I existed for a long time. And only now can I honestly say that I'm living intently. Living every day like tomorrow's not promised. Telling people that I love them. Feeling living in the present. Loving hard. Keeping my promises. Learning boundaries. Learning boundaries so I can feel comfortable saying no. So I can take care of me. Because you can't give from an empty cup. You have to be able to fill your cup. I have so much more to do. I'm no longer sad. I do still feel the pain. But I'm not sad. Healing is my journey and love is my antidote. I understand my brother is free from his pain. He was a beloved angel trapped on this earth that fulfilled his purpose. He made everyone feel important and loved. So many people showed up at his funeral that I had no idea who they were. I even had a guy walk up to me and show me a tattoo that they used to say broke, starving, and gang banging all the time. And he actually tattooed that on his body and sent JT and saved his life. My brother saved his life. And you know what? He saved mine. He gave me the strength to leave a horrible situation. To understand that I wasn't being loved. And I plan on carrying on that mission in his honor. 
I do have to plug this. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, please don't take that lightly. Have them reach out. Call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Love on them. Listen to them. Be present. So my beautiful souls, please, please, please be kind. And as always, from A to Z, you are important to me and everything above the sea. You, my beautiful people, are the change that we need to be. God bless. And until the next episode.